Yeah, my name's Janie and this is Cam. Uh, we've been talking about some messages over the last few weeks. We've talked about joy, peace, and Kenton did a great message on hope last week. And today we want to talk about love. And I love the title of this series that says, Love Finds a Way. So who here has watched any cheesy Christmas love stories? I know I have. <laughs> yeah, we got a few out there. Um, there's something about that. No, you can put in the chat if you've watched some, some Christmas love stories. Um, but there's something about these innocent, cheesy love stories that just kind of make me feel good inside. So it's uh, kind of really really cool. Um, I have a cheesy love story. Oh, okay. Let's hear your cheesy love story. <laughs> so in uh, 1980, I just moved to Prince George, living with my aunt and uncle temporarily until I find a place to live. And um, my aunt and Janie's mom conspired to kind of connect us. And of course, I didn't know any of this stuff at the time. And Janie's mom said to her, well, just, you know, there's this new guy and we just want you to maybe tour him around town, show him where the park is, or the theater, or the swimming pool, just kind of get familiar with, help him get familiar with town and that sort of thing. Well, that's all nice. And um, so we effectively went on a blind date. And of course, I've never been on a blind date before. So I knock on the door and she answers and, hi, I'm Cam, are you Janie? Yes, yes I am, okay. So she's getting dressed and ready to go and she's tying up her hiking boots. And I ask her this question, I don't even remember what it was and she looks up at me and just curls the hair back behind her ear and looks up at me and I just, that just nailed me right there, I'm done. This is my girl and um, I don't know if it was that night or the next night I phoned my mom and said, Mom, I found the girl I'm going to marry. And she's like, uh, okay, uh, how long have you known her? Uh, about 12 hours. So that was the start. Um, it was, it was, I was completely, completely owned. Uh, there was no getting away and I didn't want to get away. I wanted to, I wanted to get married right in that moment. But she was kind of resisting me at the time. But there is a, an actual other part of that story that you just realized um, about God while he was you were pursuing me, God was pursuing you. So tell us that story. Well, that was actually quite interesting and from the perspective that I never even thought about it until this week. And we're just chatting about how we're going to write this up. And I just kind of went, oh, wow. Here, I'm chasing the girl, and, you know, a young man after a girl, that's is pretty easy to understand that. But at the same time, God was pursuing me, and he'd been doing that the whole time, my whole life, but I'm not paying attention. And now, he's using this circumstance to really capture me. And um, as, it, as it worked through the steps, um, I'm getting more friendly with her, trying to. And uh, her mom was inviting me over after church to have lunch. And she's saying, Mom, come on, give me a break. But that kept going. And um, then I, I started to get a little bit, um, t probably we were crossing a threshold, you know, still friends. I have never even kissed her yet. But uh, she told me right off the bat that God told her that she's not allowed to go out with non-Christian boys. And I thought, OK, 
okay, I'm, I'm in. So I went home that night, knelt beside my bed, and said my version of the sinner's prayer. And um, done, let's go. So we get through the process, and I won't go into all the details. It's a pretty fun story, but to, to tighten it up, we get married, and um, I am working out of town a couple of years later up in Tumbler Ridge. I'm a heavy-duty mechanic, and I, I kind of got the area that I'm covering. And um, I, I visit this shop, and inside the shop there was a, um, a bucket of a big cable excavator, probably half the size of this room, like you could drive a car in it like nothing. And he's talking away, and I'm kind of standing in front of the bucket, and he's talking in front of me. And he's, he's probing me about Christianity for some reason. And I, at that point, I, I could not say the name Jesus out loud. Like, it just waked me right out. So that tells you maybe the level of my, my commitment. Uh, but he's pushing me. And I am sure to this day that that guy was an angel. And he was backing me into the corner. And finally I said, well, because Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And it's like, oh, just like I threw up. I was hot and sweaty. And then the great feeling of relief that it finally came out of my face. And I'm reading uh, Romans 10:9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is a function for us to speak it. And that was a, a really tough experience to go through, but he finally got me to that place where I crossed that line. And after that, things became quite different. Awesome. God knows us and is desperately in love with us. Oh, you have another story? <laughs> Sorry. I'm a storyteller, I'm afraid. She has to just watch. She'll be poking me at some point saying, we're running out of time. So I, I wasn't really a bad guy, but at the same time, I wasn't focused on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and it took time. And I always... I, I've seen this story where if you picture one of those fancy sporting shows where this guy's got a $3,000 carbon fiber rod and he's got the line on it, it's like as thick as your hair and he's throwing it out there, he's got 30 feet of line out in there and he tosses it onto the lake and he waits and this brook trout comes and bites it on a barbless hook and he starts reeling it in and then the trout says, no, no, I'm gone the other way. Well, okay, that's fine. He lets it go, and then he reels it in this way, and then it says, no, I'm going the other way, and it takes off in a different direction. He's patient. He just starts reeling. Eventually, this beautiful little brook trout is laying in the, in the water by his feet, and he picks it up, looks how gorgeous it is, takes the hook out of his mouth, barless, and lets it go. Well, that's how he was for me. I, I was not focused on him. I was focused on lots of different things. None of them were bad, but it was also a, it was a distraction from his voice. And he let me go, but he'd reel me back in. And then i go the other way, and he'd reel me back in. Finally, I'm at his feet. I'm tired of this. This is, this is not the way I want to live my life. And that moment was when it kind of clicked on me where I understood who he was and who I was under his authority and love. So love found a way into your heart. It's awesome. So God knows us and is desperately in love with us. So much so that he sent his son, Jesus. So next Saturday, we are celebrating Christmas, which is Jesus' birthday. So why is that such a big deal? This little baby 
born in a humble manger? How does that relate to us today? And we've heard this scripture every Christmas. It's Luke 2.11. that says, For this day in the city of David, there was born for you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And in the Passion Translation, it puts it this way. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. So love finds a way. God's love found a way by sending us his son, Jesus, to be a savior. We have some special guests here this morning uh, that we want to introduce to you. And then we've asked them to come up and share their love story. So, uh, and how love found a way in their lives. I'm going to ask Sheila to come up. And um, I haven't met Sheila until today. Uh, I did watch her get baptized a little while ago. And I was so excited. Something jumped up in my spirit. And um, I just thought, there is something about this lady. And she is... um, she is short, <laughs> but there's this thing in her spirit that rises up. And when you almost did this Olympic dive into the baptismal pool, I thought, there is a story behind this lady, and I want to hear it and find out about it. So why don't you share with us a little bit about how love found a way in your life and how Jesus became your Savior. And we got a mic there for you. What does your T-shirt say, by the way? large family. There was 11 of us in the family, and God chose me to be the sixth one, so I was the middle of the family. And, you know, I grew up with such, I couldn't be as smart as one, I couldn't be as good as one. So I decided to become a rebel, and I played that part Absolutely brilliantly, if I do say so. (laughs) Anyhow, um, I was baptized in the Catholic Church. And I went to church every Sunday because it was a mortal sin to not go. But over the years, I got married outside the church and... When my brother was ordained as a priest, I went to confession for the first time, and I said that I had married outside the church. And the priest said, get out of this confessional. You don't belong here. So fine, I left. And I think when I left then, I left the Catholic Church behind because I would go to church sometimes. I did a lot of traveling, and when I was traveling, if I came to a church, I would go into the church, and I would receive communion after I had made a sincere act of contrition to my God. I just alleviated the middleman. And anyway, when I was in the Freedom Rally, which I still am. Um, I met Kevin Prosser, and I stood with Kevin holding a sign outside the CN Center. And we were, there was three of us, 
and I asked Kevin for a ride home. So Kevin gave me a ride home, and we talked about God, and he asked me if I'd like to go to church the next day with, me, with him. So I said, yes, I'd love to. So this was my introduction to the Gateway Church, and I have never looked back since then. Um, I just felt welcomed. I felt like truly I had found a home. I have never, ever lost my faith in God. I believe in God wholly and completely. And the thing is, I feel like God, too, is with me. I feel closer to Jesus than I have ever done in the Catholic Church. And when I got baptized, I couldn't wait to get baptized. And I did it with my heart, soul, and my total mind. And I thank you, God. And one thing, too, I will share with you. I have had five kids and a non-supportive husband, and I went through a lot of dark, dark, dark days. And I went through a depression. I tried to commit suicide, and I realized that I never succeeded because I think God knew he had something in mind for me. And I really do believe that God has directed my steps all the way. And another thing that I said to my daughter, if God was to say to me, I would change any part of your life you would like changed, I would not change one iota because living the life I have has made me the person that I am. And I finally got my RN when I was a grandmother. It took my sister three years. Well, anyway, when I went through that depression, I realized God gave me that experience so I could be a better, compassionate, empathic nurse. And I have always, always, always cared so much for my patients. And God gave me that gift. And I will forever praise Jesus. The thing is, my life has begun in November when I got baptized. And man, I just feel like I've started a whole new life, and I know Christ is with me all the way, and I'm with him all the way. Awesome. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sheila, for sharing that. That is wonderful. What a little firecracker. I love her spirit, and love found a way in her life which is just awesome and amazing. So Cam, why don't you come back up here and introduce our 
Next guest, if you want to stick that back there. This next guy, maybe you've seen him around a bit, like every Sunday all the time. His name is Dwayne. It's got a D and then a Wayne at the end. <laughs> so a little bit odd, but what an amazing man. I just want to say welcome, Dwayne. Come and tell us your story. I'm very interested to find out what, who exactly you are. Well, like Cam said, um, I'm Dwayne. Some people know me as Pastor Kimmy's husband. But uh, I do have a story. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, but we never, ever went to church. But I had probably five different times where people would drag me along into different churches. Um, in McBride, uh, Burns Lake this church, um, but it wasn't until after me and Kimi met that um, God really had a plan for us, and it just, there's no denying who he is and how he can work. Um, growing up at McBride, I knew everybody there, including some uh, RCMPA members, and one of them met me and my father and Kimmy in the mall one day and invited us to church because he was resigning and becoming a pastor. And at the time, that was the farthest thing from our mind. And then we had a family friend invite us to church. Again, no, not happening. It interfered with Saturday nights. And then um, we had another lady invite us, but it was more for a business thing, so... Um, Kimmy asked if I'd go, and we walked in, and, and uh, the people that met us expressed their love. Um, the, friend, the family friend that invited us was standing there. The person with the, for the business was there. And then we walk in, we sit down, and the pastor that is preaching his first service is the RCMP. RCMP member that I knew. So it's kind of hard to deny that we were supposed to be there that weekend. Um, but through the relationship and the love that was poured out on us um, through these friends and the pastor, we, I, um, gave my life to him, to Christ, in October of 95. Later that year, um, we're doing marriage counseling, and the pastor goes, well, I will not marry unyoked people. My heart fluttered, because we hadn't discussed any of this. And uh, he asked me first. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yes, I was, you know, gave him the date, and he looked at me, and then I looked at Kimmy, and she was bawling. And I'm like, oh, no. And then she goes, I accepted him too. And so it was great. We got married that New Year's Eve and uh, haven't looked back. But like you, Cam, listening to your story, I went one way, I went another, and he reeled me back in. And it wasn't till here, four or five years ago, when we walked in, and I just said, I'm home. Um, Kimmy wasn't on staff yet, but 
my mentality changed to church, to the people, to the connection this way and this way. And, um, you know, tithing was not high on my list. I tried, but I started tithing more. And we always seemed to make our ends meet, and I couldn't figure that out. And kept tithing more and more, and it just, we've always been blessed. So it's been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful five years here. It doesn't even feel like five years. So. That's awesome. We love you guys as a couple. And exciting to hear how love found a way in your life and that Jesus is your Savior. That's awesome. And um, my next guest is Daniel. And um, Daniel and I work together in kids' church. Um, and all the kids just absolutely adore him. He's like the super cool guy down in kids' church. But in my heart, you're a super cool guy in my heart. So tell us your story, how Jesus found a way in your life and how Jesus became your savior. All right. Um, I'm still quite the toddler in my faith. Um, that being said, I, uh, I spent many years in addiction. Uh, many, many years in addiction, and I was homeless, living on the streets, and uh, I, I finally hit my rock bottom, and I, I tried to take my life. I tried to hang myself off the John Hart Bridge, and uh, at that moment, God made himself very present in my life. Um, my last year of addiction, I had 235 run-ins with the RCMP. I was, I was pretty prolific. And uh, I believe in my heart, had it been any other officer that stopped on that bridge that day, things would have ended much differently from, for me. But uh, by the grace of God, he, he sent a very compassionate, caring officer. And uh, he was able to talk me off the ledge and took the rope off my neck and stuff. And he sat with me and talked with me on the bridge. And then... Uh, he just looked me blank in the face and he says, Daniel, how are you going to fix the things in your life if you're dead? And, you know, that, that hit me. And um, <clears throat> he had to take me to the hospital for attempted suicide. It's just protocol. And uh, I remember sitting in the quiet room with him and he was talking to me and he was still very compassionate. I had several run-ins with him, I should say, through, throughout my addiction. So... Uh, this officer and I, we weren't strangers by any means. And um, he looked at me and he says, Daniel, today could be the first, first, you know, to be the beginning of the rest of your life. You know, do you want to go to treatment? And uh, after the amount of years that I spent in addiction, I was just done. I was done. Um, so I said, yeah, uh, but I didn't want to go to any treatment facilities here. I wanted to go to run down south where I knew nobody. Um, I wanted to go to a Christian facility. So, you know, um, I made the decision that day to go. So I had a week to wait before I, I was able to catch the bus down to Vancouver, or Maple Ridge, sorry. And the ironic part is Northern Health let me stay in the hospital, not in detox, not in the psych ward, but just in, in overflow downstairs. That's the second time that God made himself present before I even got to treatment. 
So I managed to make it down to treatment uh, June 27th, 2017, and it was a Christian facility. That's where I found Jesus again. I was baptized. Um, I did my time there, and I came back. Um, I was, when I first got back, I went and I started volunteering at the Salvation Army. I volunteered there for several months. Uh, to, it helped kept me, keep me clean, kept me in a, a support group of people. Um, they offered me a paid position, which was grand, which was really, really great. Um, not shortly, or shortly after that, I started coming to Gateway Church, and uh, I met Pastor Kimmy and, and everybody else, and I did the on-ramp, and next thing you know, I was offered the opportunity to be a youth leader downstairs. Um, but the grace of God and the love of his love didn't end there. Um, I've got years of lived experience of, uh, homelessness, addiction, alcoholism, and, uh, I, uh, God gave me the opportunity to work with, uh, marginalized people, with those in need. So I got hired. I was working out at Baldy Hughes Treatment Center. Um, which is great. And then uh, I got offered another job here in town at the Olives Branch, where not only am I helping people recover, but I'm actually facilitating programs there. So I'm using my lived experience to directly help these people. And they haven't put a filter on me. I let them know that I run a very faith-based recovery for myself because Jesus, as God has given me, the strength and the courage I just had to put in the work to get to where I'm at today and uh, you know it, it's it's by his grace that I am where I'm at today and uh, all I got to say is God is good he is love and I'm blessed awesome <laughs> love that story Daniel thank you thank you in that passion translation when it talks about um, him being the rescuer that's uh, Daniel's story. So, Cam, you want to introduce our next guest here? Mr. Jakeway. He's living the life right now, doing the job that I wanted to do when I was, well, his age-ish, actually. Um, and I'm really thankful he's been here very steady, and he's a, he's a rock. Um, very much appreciated. So, Paul, why don't you tell us your story? <coughs> okay. So yes, I, my name is Paul Jake Wade, though you may find yourself accidentally calling me Jake from time to time. You've been warned. Uh, I've been at Gateway for four and a half years, also been at Prince George for four and a half years. Uh, I was born on the island, but I went to high school in Mackenzie. Yes, good things come from Mackenzie. I am a professional forester, and I've actually been a Christian since 1986, so 35 years. And that was back, I uh, remember the, we did Christmas 86, it was Expo 86, it was a big deal. Uh, I, I remember the night because my brother tipped over the Christmas tree, and I had been in trouble at church because uh, I wasn't a great person, and that's when I made it. So, yeah. Uh, when you write your, your testimonies, God highlights certain parts, and so these are what he highlighted for me. Uh, through my life, God has directed me to move a lot. Mackenzie, Portalburney twice, Port McNeil, Wasp, Chetwin, Langley, Vancouver, Houston, Duncan, Vanderhoof, Campbell River twice, and even Alaska. My relatives keep 
my address in pencil. Uh, in the summer of 2005, I was sitting on the playground at the Calm River Christian School between jobs and asking God, what was he doing with me? Why all the moves? And also, why not having a job at the time? Then I heard him ask, out of the blue, which had nothing to do with the other, would you do full-time ministry for me? I said yes at the time, but nothing came from it at that time. Then God sent me to a uh, forestry job in Vanderhoof. One night at a Bible study, a lady got up who I didn't know and prophesied over me and said, Paul, the purpose, God's purpose in moving you around is to have you meet people. I had not told anybody I was asking God what he was up to with all the moving me around. Uh, two years into living in Vanderhoof, uh, my father developed major medical problems. I asked for direction from God on whether to move back to the island closer to him. To check, I applied for a job on the island that I figured was way above me. And God gave me an even better forest engineering job at a logging division I didn't even apply at. I loved my seven years in the little tiny town of Port McNeil, 2,500 people, working at Western Forest Products as a forest engineer. I got to manage this massive area of forest. It, uh, it was, it's, it's, it's what makes me happy. In 2014, I was broadsided when I was terminated from the job along with seven other of my colleagues. My world was turned upside down and that day I heard God say, post Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 on your Facebook page. Yes, God can direct what you post. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I, at the time, didn't want to post that, but I, anyway. Uh, then God sent me to a job, a forestry job in Port Alberni. That winter and spring, I also went through a time of depression, rejection for my termination. I didn't know I was going through depression till well after. I even had thoughts of finding ways to die. But every Thursday evening, I would go to my church for hours of soaking prayer. There'd be Christian music playing, and we'd just be there in the Holy Spirit's presence. It was in those times that the Holy Spirit comforted me and built me back up. I had some amazing Holy Spirit times that are hard to explain. One, I was there sitting when I felt a hand on my shoulder like a father would hold you. Nobody was behind me, and I heard him saying with his hand, I'm proud of you, and I, I have you. One year into my time there in Portal Burnie, the youth pastor resigned at the end of October. Youth were devastated and rejected. Then the Holy Spirit prompted me to step up, and for the next year, I was the youth director, and while doing full-time forestry job, the Holy Spirit gave me strength through it. Plus, he reminded me of that time he asked me if I'd do full-time ministry. Uh, my portal burning job was not great. My boss was incredibly nasty, and in 2014, I, decided, I started feeling led to move back north. Uh, then God sent me to Prince George. This forestry job, forester job I have, has been great, and they treat me awesome. I get to hear good job from my bosses and the first time in my career. I also get to say it to my employees, which is even more fun. Uh, it does involve mostly logging camp work, making social life a bit more difficult, but camps need Christians too. Recently, the Holy Spirit has given me supernatural self-control. Something happened on November 21st, 2020, 
when he led me into a weight loss program by what I thought was an accident, because I was looking for something else. And I started an endeavor to get healthy. Back then, I was over 400 pounds, and I had blood pressure over 155 and severe sleep apnea. My, I would lose breath 102 times an hour. I was on the way to much more major medical problems. But now, 13 months later, uh, thanks to the Holy Spirit's power to me, I'm 235 pounds, I've lost 173 pounds, and my blood pressure is about 115. This is Holy Spirit's power, and it is not Paul. Paul's power got me into the problem I was in my former state. This is all the Holy Spirit's power. Now I'm asking the Holy Spirit for that same power in other aspects of my life that need to change. Uh, one of the, my favorite verses is Isaiah 30:15. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Thank you, Paul. Wow. That is so amazing. I love hearing these stories of how love changed people's lives. Um, I've been watching also lately the Chosen series, and there's a, a story in there about Mary Magdalene. And it's about a woman who was possessed by demons and how Jesus delivered her um, and then she decided to follow Jesus. But there was a point in the story where uh, something happened and she fell back into her own old ways. And she walked away from Jesus. And then she was overcome with shame. Because she knew that she, she knew Jesus. And then she turned away from him. But her friends um, stepped up and, and brought her back. And Jesus' amazing grace and love welcomed her back unconditionally. He did not condemn her whatsoever. And Kenton shared a story last week about the woman who was caught as an adulterer, and Jesus is writing in the sand. And the short story version is at the very end, he looks at her and says in John 8, 11, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You know, that's amazing how love found a way in all these people's lives. And maybe God's been speaking to you through some of these testimonies and stories today. And you maybe you're finding yourself and identifying with some of them. Um, the Bible is all about his love for you. Um, I encourage you to read all of Psalm 139, but I'm just going to read a couple of points here. Um, in the Psalms chapter 139, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me, have known me. You, knew, you know me when I sit down and when I get up. You know everything I do. You understand my thoughts. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. And verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the place of the dead, you are there. And then it goes on to talk about how he formed us in our mother's womb. And when I read that scripture, I get this picture of a, a, a master artist and creating a masterpiece. And I've been watching these YouTube videos lately about artists, and they start with this blank paper, and then they start to layer color and just layer and layer and layer. And all of a sudden, it transforms into this beautiful masterpiece. And in that verse, when I'm reading it, 
I see God just excited about his creation. He is building a masterpiece. So when he's saying that he created you in your mother's womb, he was putting layer upon layer, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Um, in verse 17, it says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. So how many of you have taken a handful of sand and actually counted every granule just in that handful? And God is saying he thinks about you all the time. His thoughts outnumber the sand, and that to me just blows my mind, that he loves us that much. And when Jesus was born in that manger, that quiet, humble manger, it wasn't to announce to the world, hey, look at me, here I am, I'm your Lord, I'm your master, get down on your knees and serve me. He didn't come with paparazzi and security and camels and elephants and drums and music. He came in a humble, quiet manger. And that was God's act of love to send a savior and a rescuer so that we could have a love relationship with him. It was not just about him coming into the world, but it was more about him coming into the world for you. That's his love. He came in the form of this little baby. For you and me, he came to rescue us and save us from a world of corruption. He came to give us joy, and he came so we could experience that peace, hope, and love. And his word is full of his promises. Uh, in fact, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us that little manger, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So from the beginning, God had a plan. He had a love story. He sent his son, the Savior, just for you. Just look at how Jesus, that Savior, impacted the lives of those that we heard about this morning. It just, it's incredible. Um, so if you identify with any of these stories, maybe you're like Sheila and, you know, it's not too late and you can just jump for joy and you can be enthusiastic about what God's doing in your life. Or maybe it's like Dwayne, you weren't, you know, he wasn't actually seeking so much after God, but God was pursuing him. Uh, maybe you're in a place in your life like Daniel, who's feeling lost and you've lost hope and you're wanting to you're going through struggles and addictions. But I'm here to say today, love will find a way. Give your life to Jesus and he will change you. Maybe you've known Christ um, all your life, but then something happened and you've walked away and you're feeling ashamed. God is wooing you back today and he does not condemn you. Return to him and go and sin no more. In Cam's story in the beginning of how uh, he was falling in love with me, it was a love at first sight thing. Well, for me, there was some struggle. Um, and partly, you know, because it was, I had a low self-esteem. And I didn't like myself very much. And I was thinking, I was undeserving of his love. But John 1, 4, 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. 
He loves you just because. There isn't anything that you can do to earn it. There isn't anything that you have done that will take it away. Because love will find a way in your life. And that's kind of the story of Christmas. That uh, Jesus came in that little manger for you. Because he loves you. And he came as a savior. He came to save you and rescue you and give you a life full of hope. Now, Cam has a little bit of a story about how about pursuing, God pursuing. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of your works, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I'm also going to read uh, Ezekiel 34, 11. Uh, for thus uh, the Lord God says, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. What are we seeing here? A pattern of him pursuing, chasing, going after. Not us knocking on the door. He's at the door knocking on our door. Uh, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What a tr profound invitation. He's standing at your door knocking. Knocking at your door, saying, let me in. It's up to you. It's your choice. But what a profound concept that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, master of the entire universe, knows your name. The hairs on your head are numbered. There's nothing that he does not know about you. And in spite of who he is, he's coming right to your place, to your door, and knocking and saying, open the door. I'm here for you. That, to me, is absolutely staggering. I know all the things I've done in my life. Some of them I can even remember. And to think that he sees everything. He knows every thought I've ever had, every word that I've spoken. And in spite of me, he still loves me. It's, it's incredible. That is the gift that we need to pursue as people. Christian, non-Christian, that is, needs to be your focus. If you don't know Jesus, you need to pursue him. Because he is there for you. He wants that relationship with you more than you can possibly understand. I'm just going to... Just before we pray, maybe we can ask the worship team to come up. And uh, Cam's going to say a prayer, but maybe you can read those two. Um, Psalms 23, 5 and 6. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a profound promise. And my, one of my favorites, John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So love has found a way. And uh, he's calling you right now. 
and I believe that he's tugging at your heartstrings. And as Cam prays this, uh, this, this salvation prayer, pray along with it. And there should be a button that clicks up on your screen that you can uh, give your life to Jesus. And he has promised us eternal life. And um, I am so excited and overjoyed about love founding, finding a way in each and every one of your hearts and these testimonies that we heard this morning. So we just uh, give God all the glory and honor. Don't miss this opportunity. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And love will find a way in your life today. Remember Luke 2.11. There is born to you today in the city of David a Savior, Rescuer, who is Christ the Lord. We just want to wish all of you guys a very Merry Merry Christmas Christmas. and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.